Hey guys, what's up for this episode, this installment of the Cinema Hodgepod? We have an interview with Haley Adelman and Sean King O'Grady. They are the directors and producers of this new documentary called Our American Family. This documentary hits New York at the Cinema Village and Los Angeles at the Lamley Monica, Lamley Santa Monica, that is, on Friday, September 2nd. And for most of you, you'll be able to actually download this, purchase the documentary on VOD starting September 6th. And this is for U.S. and Canada, U.S. and Canadian markets. Okay, so Our American Family, the interview was conducted by Eric Holmes. Really good interview, really, really informative interview regarding this documentary. What And regarding regarding my own thoughts on this movie, we have actually haven't done a review on Find Your Film this week. I'm going to get together with Eric and Bruce tomorrow to record our review of Our American Family. But for me... This documentary is worth watching. It centers on a family living in Philadelphia. They're in Philadelphia. They seem like your average suburban family living just uh, living fine. But the thing is, there is a generational trauma regarding addiction that has afflicted members of their family. Particularly, this documentary focuses on the relationship of the mother. Mother, her name is Linda, and daughter daughter is nicole nicole has been it's pretty much the center of this documentary actually it really focuses on the mother-daughter relationship nicole is trying her best to live a straight life free of addiction free of drug addiction she is the mother of i believe i don't know how old the daughter is but she's an infant maybe two or three years old and this documentary traces how nicole tries her best living in different um, rehab houses and trying to get advice and therapy, as well as just how can she actually make it and not lapse into an, an addictive state once again. She's um, she's had a past of, understandably so, a, a past of drug addiction and multiple, t- multiple attempts at rehab has not worked for her. So that is the framework behind our American family. You get also get to l- learn about the mother, Nicole. And what's interesting about this movie is a, it doesn't really delve into the nitty gritty statistics behind drug addiction. It's not an expose on addiction or drugs in America, etc. But by focusing on this family, you get to really focus, you get to really hone in on the actual dynamics between the mother and daughter, the two brothers, and also the stepfather. The stepfather and, and the, uh, the two brothers are also, they're not front and center in the doc- this documentary, but they, both, all three of them have a very important hand to play. It is a very organic and insightful, immersive look at how this family is trying to deal with their respective traumas and trials and tribul- tribulations. And I wouldn't really label our American family as just a strict documentary about someone's attempt to kick drug addiction. It really looks at, and I thought, I, believe from my perspective, I think one of its biggest, or actually its strongest element, it centers on the fact that Linda, the mother, and Nicole, they're very good at expressing themselves on a on a real emotional and just nuts and bolts level. So you're actually interested in what they have to say. So sometimes there will be documentaries when you when you might be thinking, I really don't want this person to explain their addiction or their situation or what they're going through because either maybe who knows, they're not interesting, they're abrasive, they're and for for some reason I found Linda and Nicole their intricate relationship fascinating to watch, and I could actually sit 
and view their discussions at the dinner table or in the car and maybe their, their arguments back and forth, or their, their banter or just where they're coming from, from an addiction or life standpoint. I found all that stuff fascinating. So in many ways, our American family is sort of a pretty much a dialogue among these different family members and how they are trying to relate to each other. One of the brothers is a former addict as well. And the youngest brother, he's, you know, he's experienced his own sense of trauma, which I'm assuming it's really not explored in this documentary. But what would it be like if you are a member of a family that is, you know, your, your mother, your mother comes from a family of abuse. Your, your older, your older sibling, your sister has, um, you know, she's almost overdosed before and that must have have has its trauma on you and your big brother has had his share of addiction as well so there's a lot of stuff that's really talked about in our american family and reflected upon and again it's just a really interesting look at this family i found this family to be very likable and actually after the end credits i i wanted to actually know what what uh, you you do get to see sort of an end credits breakdown on what's going on with each of the members of the family but this is one of the, these things where you know a documentary is good when you realize that the documentary is actually not is not enough. You would love to actually hear these updates of these people who are featured in our American family. So that is the first part of this hodgepodge. We have an interview again with Haley Adelman and Sean King O'Grady. What's interesting about this is it's an, an interesting pairing. I, I looked at the Zoom video with Eric interviewing them, and Sean King O'Grady seemed very familiar to me, and I realized he's the director behind a horror thriller, this really interesting chamber piece, horror thriller chamber piece called We Need to Do Something. As of this recording, it's available on Hulu. I just found it to be a very interesting movie filled with some really great performances by the characters involved. It's also a very insular film. So some people may really love the claustrophobic nature of We Need to Do Something. Others will be very frustrated, but I thought that was a very interesting film. That's a different kind of family. That is We Need to Do Something. And then Haley Adelman, what's interesting about her is she's not, she doesn't come from that, she didn't direct a horror thriller. No, on the flip side of that, she is a children's book author. So she has her share. So it's pretty much among our American family, we need to do something, and children's books, your families are really covered to uh, to the extremes uh, just by going through these different fields of artistry and uh, storytelling. So that's interesting. If you want, just again, check out We Need to Do Something on Hulu. It's also available on Blu-ray. And I have not read any of Haley Adelman's children's books yet. I My, my niece is five or six. Who knows? Maybe I'll pick up one of the children's books and read it to my niece Claire because after seeing Adelman and O'Grady's work for our American family I really want to follow and support what they have to do down the road but for for now our American family is definitely worth a watch it's worth a rental on VOD when it comes out September 6th we'd love to hear what you think of this movie also by the way to bolster my review on this it is a winner of the audience award for best documentary feature for the Woodstock film Festival. All the information and links will be in our show notes regarding how you can find, rent, or read more about our our American family. They have its own website. Finally, for the second segment, we have Bruce Perky. He's been really just interested in this filmmaker, this Ukrainian Soviet filmmaker, late filmmaker that is named Larissa Shapetko. Shapetko. Larissa Shapetko. She is the filmmaker behind this masterpiece, epic film 
called The Ascent. Now, The Ascent is available on Criterion Collection. You can actually find it on YouTube if you just find it and you just go in the search bar and type in The Ascent as of, as of this recording. Just type in The Ascent and lower such a pitco. You might be able to find The Ascent, but on the up and ups, it's available on Blu-ray and DVD on Criterion under the Criterion Collection. And if you have, have a, if you have a subscription to the Criterion channel as of this recording again, sorry, I have to say that one more time. It is available. There's a whole Larissa Shapitko section where they have the short film that's discussed by Bruce and Eric. Bruce and Eric saw a short film um, based on Larissa Shapitko, uh, directed by her husband. I, I, how do you pronounce his name? Ellen Klimov or something like that. I'll look him up, but he does a short film on his late wife and they actually review it. He is the filmmaker behind Come and See. Let me look right now. Come and, what is it? Hold on. Come and See. Let me pause right now. I will pause right now. Sorry. Sorry, back. Yeah. So the director, Ellen Klimov, he's the husband of the late Larissa Shabitko. He is director of this, again, with the better known film, Come and See. Okay. That movie was recently reviewed by the fellas over at the Middle Class Film Class podcast. Check out their review of Come and See. Again, the Come and See is also a classic film that I have yet to see just based on its subject matter. Supposedly, it's a very intense film. I don't know. Maybe one of these days I will check that out. But his late wife, um, his late wife, Larissa Shapitko, is a director of The Ascent, which again, available on Criterion Collection and also via the Criterion channel. We'd love to hear what you think of The Ascent as well. It's a visually striking movie. It's shot in black and white. It was made in 1977. Some great performances. It is very tough to stomach. There are things in this movie that will frustrate you. But if you are a cinephile and you are really interested and passionate about world cinema, different ways of telling a story, how one looks at the camera through the lens from a different vantage point, I would highly suggest you give The Ascent a shot. Okay? So, yes, that's it. That's it for my long-winded intro. Here is Eric Holmes's rev- not review, interview with Sean King O'Grady and Haley Adelman for Our American Family. And then after that, you'll hear Bruce Sporky, Eric, and I talk about Larissa Shapitko's The Ascent. Thanks again, guys, for supporting us here on Find Your Film. We'll be recording later this week, uh, and we'll be talking about a lot of movies for you guys to hopefully watch this weekend. Thanks again for listening and the support. Bye, guys. I was the fifth child born. My mom's youngest. She suffered with anorexia nervosa. It shows up just like addiction. She looked like she was dying all the time. I had goals and aspirations, and it didn't matter. There was no regard for what I needed. It was about what she needed and what I needed to do to make that happen. With addiction, you grow up with it. You have a first husband with it. You have your kids that are struggling with it. I promised my kids, we all get out alive. We all survive this. Um, First of all, Emma, thank you for bringing this movie to my attention because it was fantastic. And Haley and Sean, thank you for joining me. Um, Writing with Fire. Hey, you got uh, Haley. You produced Writing with Fire, and Sean uh, says you produced uh, "I Love My Dad" and probably what's going to be one of our top five movies of the year, "Dinner in America." So thank you for that. And then now you got another banger with our American family. So thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much.
for having us. And just not to take away from Rintu Thomas and Shushmit Ghosh, I was an executive producer on Writing With Fire. And I want to make sure like they don't think I'm like, hey, I was your producer (laughs) (laughs) because they are so amazing that just lifting them a little. So thank you for watching that and supporting them. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, for anyone listening, writing a fire, I think is probably should be required viewing for anyone getting into journalism because it's a very great look at uh, how that should be, I think. Um, but we're here to talk about our American family. Um, I guess first thing I want to get into, since you both uh, have uh, some documentaries under your belt, um, what what do you feel is, because uh, with our American family, it's real personal. Um, Haley, I've heard an interview with uh, you um, on how you got started with this and you became real close to the family. So what are uh, some, uh, I guess, what are the ethics of doing a documentary such as this when you're so close to the people that you're working with? Like for instance, um, you know, uh, for anyone that doesn't know our American family is about drug addiction. Like if you're there with the camera and someone's shooting up, do you document it? Do you smack the needle out of their hand or how does that work with you guys? It's a really good question. I mean, from the very beginning, we made it clear to the family that we were not going to cover any drug use, that if Nicole relapsed or if anybody was struggling in the family, our focus wasn't to glamorize or sensationalize addiction, you know, and the family, we were all on the same page You know, Nicole always said that she wanted to show the nitty gritty of addiction, but she didn't mean drugs and needles. Like she meant, what does it look like for a family to go through a hard struggle and have the hope and the fight to want to recover? Yeah. The one I get, I guess one of the lines that stood out to me was the uh, stepdad, uh, Brian, is that his name? Yes. Um, the stepdad was uh, uh, comparing it to cancer. He says, it's not like cancer. And as I'm watching, I'm thinking, well, yeah, they don't have a bunch of specialists that you can go to for cancer. And people don't, uh, you know, they don't demean, bemoan you for having cancer. You know, addiction is a uh, tough process. And uh, you have a thing at the beginning that says there's places to get help. But I've tried to get help uh, from some friends with addiction, and that can be expensive, which I think you also point out very well at the end uh, when you show the uh, people in the streets. As Nicole, she's uh, she's very lucky, but the people, her support system, as great as it is, they're not they're not experts in this field and that uh, they can help people. Everybody's decide- like everybody's really honest that we're not experts in this space. This is showing a family's human story. We have partnered with the Heron Project. They scholarship people into recovery so that any viewer who sees the film and wants to get help can actually call the Heron Project and get guided to to figure out what support might be needed. So we are thinking about the same thing that you're thinking about. What happens when someone doesn't have you know, the means to get the same type of treatment. We're trying to also pick open those same questions. You know, what does it look like for somebody who's in our city that even feels uncomfortable, frankly, that they'll going to a hospital, going to an ER, like wondering if they'll feel like if they'll be criminalized, you know? So you're right. There are so many, these are some of the reasons why we need to talk about a film like this. We need to say, this is what it looks like. We need to say, 
how can we shift the conversation? This isn't a passing thing. People need help. They need support. What are we going to do in this country to change it? So hopefully, you know, people will come and whether or not they can access support in this moment, they'll have a number that they can call from us. But besides that, hopefully it'll start by them feeling less alone or them just even being able to say, wait a minute, I, I connect with this. Maybe maybe I have an issue. Yeah, I, I, I love how open the whole family was. In fact, I, I just wanted to hug them and hang out with them all, the whole time. Um, yeah. And and it's not easy because like the, the these people are flawed, but we all are. But we don't all have cameras on us all the time. So I think definitely kudos to the whole family for being a part of this. So what, yeah, I think they're, oh, they're, they're sorry, incredibly brave and vulnerable. And I think that that's really the power of this film is them being willing to let us into the, I guess, the emotional fallout of, of recovery and early recovery, because it's the, the, when you enter recovery, that's not necessarily when the battle ends. It's just a new battle begins and they allowed us into their world as that was happening. Yeah. Do, do you guys, uh, uh, do you have any uh, history with addiction or any personal struggles or anything that may have led you to this that you wouldn't have gotten here otherwise? No, I think like anybody else, like I know people that have, have struggled with, um, with addiction. I don't think there's a single person in our country who doesn't know someone who yeah, good point. either hasn't struggled or is struggling currently, but really for, for, for me, I know Haley has a, a kind of different story of how she got into this, but for me, it was meeting these people who were willing to tell this story of what was happening to them and were just so immediate because the trust that Haley had built with them were so immediately open. You don't get opportunities like that very often. And it's also an opportunity, you know, into, into a different world. That's, I guess, what's so powerful about documentary filmmaking is that you get to embed in a different world and experience different people's lives and then bring elements of that story to an audience who can hopefully then, you know, learn from it and experience it. So that, that really was the ultimately what drove me to this. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I have a cousin who's raising her son because his father had passed away from an opioid overdose. And besides that, you know, I have a lot of people that I know, best friends that have struggled, but really for us, this was about the family sharing this story. It wasn't us. I mean, we're lucky that we have a lot of a team that has different experiences, both personal family members that were touched by addiction, not because it's lucky to be touched by addiction, but because it's lucky to have a really well-rounded thought and approach when creating a film about a family. Because some people are going to feel like Brian, who's the stepfather who came in, didn't struggle with addiction. And at the beginning of this film, he was wondering, like, is this, is this laziness? Like, is this really a disease? Like what's going on here? And then, then we have Steven who was touched by a sibling's addiction, but you know, he didn't struggle, but he had to act perfect all the time. And then we see Nicole and Chris who struggled in a different way. So I think our team was able to pull from experiences and family relationships that we had, but really our whole goal was to put this family front and center and make sure that their heart came across and that they were humanized in the most beautiful way. Yeah. I, I think you put actually, that was going to be my next question. Uh, Cause uh, you know, a, a lesser version of this movie would just basically be poverty porn or addiction porn. And uh, you guys didn't do that. You, uh, you really uh, had the, uh, their characters shine through. They have their, they have their tough moments, but this isn't what I would call a bummer to watch. 
it's it's certainly hopeful and it's certainly uh but it doesn't shy away from the the horrors and the the problems that come with addiction so uh that, i guess what what was your uh process going into that as far as putting it together in such a way well i think that you know you mentioned ethics at the beginning uh and that for me it was really easy because i think that haley really had such a strong sense ethically of where we needed to be and of making sure that every decision that we made was done with respect to the family and their bravery and i think when you have when you set the rules for yourself like that and you set that bar so high at the beginning you're just making every decision with that in mind so that really i, I honestly i think that was haley saying that we at that at the beginning that that became the guiding light for every decision that was made this entire project yeah um i also wonder if uh if just doing this documentary um had helped nicole in a way um maybe it was like a kind of a uh she knows um as you guys are shooting this over how long how, how long did it take to shoot all this a year a year so a year i she just has that extra maybe drive to uh, stay clean and be an example, or maybe she had some pressure on her for that. Do you know? I think she definitely looked forward to the film crew coming, but I think maybe if the one question that we've had and we've talked about the family is with the family is, did you have to see things in yourself? Like it's one thing. And they were really like, you can, they, they sometimes said they like just totally forgot we were there. And there were some very intense moments. I mean, you saw Nicole and and Christopher in the bedroom, like really like having resentments of hurt bubble up right in, in the film, they really just were um, open and honest. But at the same time, I think after filming, it gave them chances to reflect on themselves and to think about themselves in ways that maybe they hadn't before, you know, as much as they were admitting what was going on in their journey. Also yeah. maybe, stepping back and hearing like, you know, I guess it's like talking together, you know, when you hear yourself say something, when you know, you acted a certain way, just giving yourself an extra added layer of reflection. But I wouldn't say that's what created what happened here. I think this family was fierce. This family was determined to not give up. This family had everything at one moment come together for them at this time for Nicole. She, she was at a very bad place before we started filming, you know, she had an overdose that required multiple Narcan to save her. And it wasn't her first one. Wasn't her first rodeo. Yeah. She had been at, you know, 17 treatment centers. So she had a lot of history of going to a lot of meetings. She had a history of getting private support. As you mentioned, she had a history of being in these centers. She was, you know, so every, I think it was everything, frankly. Yeah, I, I also really felt um, I, I felt for everyone in this movie, I, to be honest. Um, but like uh, Linda, she uh, I, I loved how she was able to um, kind of see her enabling patterns. And I mean, that's that's kind of part of growth, isn't it? Or fixing the problem, just realizing the problem. And I think, um, you know, despite some stumbles, I think this family is really good at uh, after a while. Uh, kind of uh, spotlighting their own faults and then working on them, which I uh, beyond the beyond the whole uh, addiction thing. I think that's just an important day to day thing to learn. Yeah, it's also really hard. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Hard. except for me, I'm perfect. But <laughs> uh, kidding. But anywho, um, I guess uh, when you do uh, just uh, outside of this for a second, because you guys do do a lot of uh, producing. 
um, whether it's documentaries or feature films, what what goes into your mind when uh, finding a project that uh, you want to latch on to? You can take this one first, Haley. All right. I mean, for me, I think one of the biggest things that I look for is, you know, how is this going to impact our next generation? You know, asking the question, is this a, an important conversation that needs to be started? Is this a moment of connection that's important for our world? Is this exposing people to something they're not used to be exposed to? You know, so really just thinking in the in the simplest way, you know, all of those questions. And if it's not that, are we going to bring a little bit of joy to the world? You know, are, are people going to belly laugh here? You know, are people going to feel inspired here? So I think... Everything, I guess, in story comes down to heart. How can you touch people and and just just be connected and spread love? Hard, hard to argue with that. Also, uh, I got the uh, my co-host Bruce does a uh, what's in the box segment. So we have uh, filmmakers, listeners, everyone just puts a movie in a box that maybe they feel is underseen uh, that they would like people to see. And Bruce will pick a movie out of the box and we'll watch it for that week. Uh, do one of you two have a movie to put in the box? I've got one. So you you mentioned that you like Dinner in America. Have you seen Adam Raymire's first film, The Bunny Game? No, no, I haven't. Put it in the box. Real quick, since you brought it up, where can someone find that? Because I'm I know we have a lot of listeners that love Dinner in America that would just jump at that. It's anywhere that you rent movies. So okay. whether rent or buy with Apple TV, um, Bruce, bunny game in the box. <laughs> and then yeah. oh, go ahead. I guess for me, there's a film that's coming out that's also um, in the addiction space called Anonymous Sister. It's a really beautiful, heartfelt um, film with the director's Jamie Boyle. So I think I would add that to the box, too. Awesome. And I want to close with uh, Haley. I found out just last night that you do children's books. So I would like you to spend the rest of the interview talking about the uh, the remaining of the interview to talk about your children's books and where uh, someone could find them. Oh That's so sweet. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. Okay. Well, I've got one of them right here. Way past worried. It's funny because I actually, it, when I, when I write children's books, I'm writing about those same emotional underpinnings, things that would kind of stop kids or families from finding like their best selves. So I have this whole series of books. It's, you know, all the, called the great big feeling series. And it's these kids who are bumped up with little things that are just happening about their day. And they get a big feeling, whether it's like mad or jealous or lonely. And it's really about like seeing another character kind of go through that and figure out how to feel differently by the end of the book. How can they handle and manage? these great big feelings that they have oh that's great and they're really great they really resonate with kids we did uh for my my son's first grade classroom last year they they read one of Haley's books and the class absolutely loved it so i can't recommend them more well let me know if you ever come to colorado springs to do a uh reading in book signing because i will be there but uh well i could come we can talk offline for sure and sean (laughs) the other thing we have to put in the box is sean's horror film What 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 is that? Called we need to do something. So you can you can also you can find that one everywhere you can rent movies, which is where our American family will be also. And then we need to do something is also on Hulu. Awesome. We will definitely check all those out. And thank you, Haley. Thank you, Sean. Uh you guys are just yeah, you guys just keep making bangers. So keep it up. You guys do great work. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank uh, thanks you for, having so much us. for having us. 
Hey everyone, we're back with a director's spotlight here on the HodgePod for Find Your Film. We have a lot of things to talk about, and that is thanks to Bruce Perky, thanks to his this, his actual passion for this filmmaker named Larissa Shapitko. Bruce, we just finished the Find Your Film episode. I, I'm sure this is the one film or, I guess, person you really wanted to talk about all all evening. Let, let's lead off with you, Larissa Shapitko, and your initial thoughts, and why did you pick her for this specific spotlight? Well, I picked her. She's one of those people that I kind of discovered roundabout in that uh, I rewatched Come and See recently, and I was doing a bunch of research on Come and See, which has become this acclaimed tough watch war movie. A lot of people put it on their top war movies of all time list, uh, and it was directed by Elam Klimov. And I was reading stuff about him and kind of trivia and all this kind of stuff, and they kept mentioning his wife, Larissa Shapitko, and that she was a filmmaker. And I was like, she's a filmmaker and then i looked up and sure enough she has two films on criterion and i'm like why have i never heard of larissa shapitko what's the deal with her and i started looking at her a little more and listening to some people talk about her and looking at what she has out there lo and behold she made a war movie about five six years before he did and it's considered her best movie the ascent in 1977 she died in a car crash with a bunch of her crew members in 1979 while she was starting her final movie which by the way her final movie is called the farewell well would have been her final movie if she'd had a chance to make it who knows how many more she might have made elam klimov finished that movie in her stead because she only got like a few shots before she died but she had done like all the pre-production on it so that kind of was all interesting to me the fact that she's a woman in in uh, russia she's a contemporary of tarkovsky and klimov she's right in there with them and she's making her own films yet yet we don't really hear about them kind of like we talked in the past about maya darren or we talked about various people that kind of don't rise up all these other people get all this to claim now you know years later and you don't really hear about Larissa Shapitko. So I went back and watched um, The Ascent and immediately it was like, wow, this movie is right on par with Come and See. This is an amazing war movie that's not an action war movie, but it's a fantastic war movie and it has its own kind of punch that it packs. And then I went, I also watched her first, well, I don't think it's her very first feature film, but it's the first feature film that you can find very easily and that's called Wings. And she made that 11 years earlier. 1966. Obviously, you see the growth as a filmmaker, but would you say, would you tell Cinephiles to watch The Ascent first, appreciate that, and then maybe go to go to Wings? Or do you go the other way where you start with Wings as sort of the beginning or close to the beginning and then ascend to The Ascent? I I think I would start with The Ascent because I think if that grabs you, you'll be, you'll stick with Wings a little longer because Wings is a slower and quieter movie because it's just about, it's mostly a woman's point of view in 1966 in Russia and watching what she does. And by the time you get to the end of that movie, you see the greatness, the flashes of greatness and the visual style in the final act of that movie. But it takes a little bit to get to it, but you can recognize it. And then if you've already seen her other film, you can be like, oh, wow, in 10 years, she went from here to there. And God knows what she would have done in 10 or 20 years past that. So the ascent here is the IMDb summary of it. It centers on two Soviet partisans on a mission to gather food. They contend with the winter cold, the occupying Germans, and their own psyches. That is a very simple one-sentence summary of this movie, The Ascent. And yeah, I think that there's no better way to describe this film. It is, uh, I don't know what to say. (laughs) This is one of these movies where, Eric, do you think there's a barrier to entry regarding The Ascent? Do not watch The Ascent if you don't like black and white movies that are thoughtful and have something to say about war and uh, the absurdity of politics. Um, yeah. You mentioned the uh, the partisans. I, I love how it's like, oh, you're a partisan. And it's like, wait, you're not? You're the one wearing the colors, dude. 
you're the one making all your life and death decisions based on what color someone's wearing, uh, what symbol someone has uh, plastered on their uniform. I, I also love how this movie um, it does the uh, it has a bunch of different points of view on. Um, what's the word i'm looking for what Um, uh, honor dignity yeah there there you go like honor but not like i'm an honor and i'm honorable and i will fight for my country it's it's uh someone is uh honorable i'm gonna die because um you know it's it's the right thing to do um i can't you know i can't put someone else in danger what was uh Bruce, I don't know if maybe you remember the line, but there was uh, something along the line of uh, your life is worth living or something. If you can, or I, I, I can't remember. I, I only watched this one time. The main character, well, I guess one of the main characters, his whole thing is uh, he's not going to, he's not going to crack. He's not going to break because it's the right thing to do. He's, I, he's willing to put his life on the line and he's not going to take the coward's way out. Meanwhile, you have other characters who do take coward's ways out for different reasons reasons you have a, a character that's but uh you have one of the characters that's like uh it's like dude i didn't want to be here to begin with and fuck you i just want to get home but there's uh another character that's like uh i, got, I gotta get, get back to my kids i'm, I'm sorry i'm said you know I said, i'm sorry i gotta take this weasley way out but if i don't my kids are gonna starve to death because yeah fucking took me away from home and they're just sitting there out in the cold all by themselves much like when we talked about breaking in the in the last uh episode this doesn't have a very positive outlook on war because quite honestly war is not something that should be lauded it's a it's a it's a terrible thing that humans do and continue to do and we will be far far in the future and probably still killing each other over stupid shit and this is kind of uh yeah this kind of just lays it all out on the table and and not in an obvious way but kind of in a you watch the characters do that and that those are just ideas i came up with but i imagine those are probably the ideas that uh larissa shipiko probably wanted us to think while watching this yeah on a on a historical level if you're a cinephile one of the main reasons to see one of the many reasons to see the ascent is the performance of boris plotnikov as sotnikov the character of sotnikov if you follow his journey throughout the film i'm not i'm not gonna give too much away but obviously like a lot of these you know a lot of these russians they are suffering through the film because of this german occupation his character is probably one of the more haunting characters you'll ever see in the history of cinema like eric was saying this movie shot in black and white so the stark that that image the stark image of the black and white images snowbound area along with the haunted eyes of sotnikov i look it's a very it's a very tough thing to watch but it's still arresting it's arresting cinema and it's a very immersive narrative even if you are i guess in a way suffering through the the journey of it also starring in this movie is vladimir kostuyakin and he plays the other character, Sotnikov's colleague and friend, Ryback. And it's about how Ryback is trying to help Sotnikov in his different plight. Sotnikov's not very healthy throughout the narrative, but we see Ryback making some decisions as well regarding sacrifice and survival. This movie is about what will you do in terms to survive another day in this world? What are you going to do? What will you give up? So uh, on the thematic level, it worked. On a cinematic level, I would have, I can't wait to see more of Lyris's work because there are moments in this movie regarding the pacing where you are absolutely nervous there is a situation regarding a will they or won't they be caught scenario that goes on for quite a while and the fact that it goes on for quite a while makes you really 
on the edge of your seat. So she, she was very good with the pacing. The visual compositions are top notch. It's a very visceral piece of work and uh, the highest praise for the ascent and the final moments will definitely grip you. Bruce, your review of the ascent. Yeah, pretty much. I'm right along with all both of you on this. Um, I ended up watching it again. Uh, I was struck by a few things because I kind of focus on, I already kind of knew the story beats, so I could kind of focus on some other stuff. And some of the shots she does in this movie are, are absolutely gorgeous. And she she shoots it all in like 40 degrees below zero. And there's this whole, or whatever it is, it's some crazy cold. They're all in it. And she wasn't dressed in any more you know outfits than they were. So they're all basically freezing while they're making this movie. Uh, and it looks... It gives it a, a level of realism when you're watching it just because of the settings. Also, the way she shoots faces. She does tons of close-up on people's faces. I kept being reminded of Dreyer. Like, mm-hmm. I kept thinking of, uh, is it what, The Passion of Joan of Arc? I think yes. that's the really famous. And I yeah. feel like some of the shots, especially she does of uh, Sotnikov, really felt like that. And yeah. also, she just does some really interesting things the way she frames things. Um, we're not going to talk about what the ascent, the title the ascent refers to but when that occurs there's a music cue that comes back a few times and it almost reminded me of the music cues of from like the dark knight or something where it's just slow it doesn't there's no music at all and it slowly starts rising and it's kind of cacophonous but it's also this kind of building string and this building pressure of the music as you literally see well i'm not going to say what all the shots are but there's a shot where you see just the edge of a hill and then you see our characters faces as they climb that hill coming up out of the edge of that hill. And some of those kind of shots are just stunning, uh, beautiful, and also thematically work in the movie really well. And there's a climactic moment, which we're not going to talk about. And the way that is shot is impeccable. And oh, just, just a gut punch and a half the way it's done. I think this is a movie, if you like great films of any sort, it's a film you should seek out. And I I don't know about you guys, but this is not like Tarkovsky. This is not this highly metaphorical, like symbolic piece where people are just kind of standing around. There's an actual simple story here, right? Two two partisans sent out from their group to find food. Go find food. Find a local farmhouse. Go find food. See what you can do. Try to stay alive. Bring it back to us. That's the beginning. And it's them trying to do that and trying to stay alive and trying to avoid the Nazis and what happens from that. It's all a very grounded and realistic story. You don't have to interpret it if you don't want to. But like you both said, it deals with so many moral ambiguities and it it doesn't say that any of them are absolutely right or absolutely wrong. Because it shows it in such a way that it makes sense. And it kind of forces you to say, like, what would I do? Like, what, what is the right move? I mean, they're, all of the choices are bad. There are no good choices. So it really just becomes like, what is the worst choice? And I didn't write down his name, but the guy who plays the collaborator interrogator. Oh, he's fantastic. They meet at one point. He's so that good. guy is a famous guy, and he's in a bunch of Tarkovsky stuff. And the, the way he plays his part in this movie, it could be just a, a mustache twirling, like evil guy, but he does it so subtly and he, you hate him so much. And when I saw him the second time around, when I saw his face appear and I, and I watched how subtly they played out that scene, just where he does something simple, like if somebody just stops and he opens a door to go get somebody else and you're like, you motherfucker, I hate you so much. <laughs> you're such an <laughs> asshole. I, I right. thought, I thought it was really strange how they, uh, in, in the movie, the, they weren't normally, if you make a wrong move, as a prisoner, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you or you're going to get thrown in wherever. But they seem kind of really laid back for a lot of a lot of it. Like you have the yes. interrogator guy you're talking about 
And the one guy's like, are you guys done? No. Okay, cool. I'll come back. You know, it's like in any other movie, it's like, I don't feel her. I am here. You know, they're like kind of robotic and, and yeah. they're not really that way in this one. And you know how that struck me, especially the second time. I watched that a lot too. That struck me as they so know that they control everything that you being a little bit out of control in a little moment doesn't even phase them. They, yeah. they know they have the upper hand. They have the upper hand so completely that they're not even worried. And also the way the Nazis are played out in certain scenes, they're so nonchalant. And basically you just see them as nonchalant. They're just like kidding and joking about bullshit off on the side of things when really big stuff is happening. And to them, it's like, yeah, it's another day at the office. And that stuff is maddening as well. And it's yeah. just like, uh, and once again, like you said, they could play them up as really like, hey, 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 we got you now. But it's more like, hey, um, what are we going to do now? Okay. Can, hey, grab that bench. There's also a part where uh, they're kind of uh, marching. You know, they're all in unison doing the military thing. And then they just break off and just like, oh, okay, anyway. And then yep. it's like, dude, you guys are murdering people. And you just break off like it's not that big of a deal. If it's not that yeah. big of a deal. Why the fuck do you need to murder people? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's one of the really evil and things that kind of sinks into you in this movie. It's that the banality of the evil. Like, yeah. it's not like this scene-chewing, angry thing. It's just like, yeah, we just do this. This is just what we do. You know, once, once Bruce Perky makes his millions from Find Your Film from our YouTube and our website, once one of the first purchases he will get as a as a fun purchase for all the millions he will be making, he will purchase for thirty one dollars and ninety six cents the Blu-ray of The Ascent, which is available on the Criterion Collection. Special features include as Bruce Perky's mouth gets watered, it's watery and it's, it's filled with saliva. Look at this special features, new 4K digital restoration. Wow. Selected scene commentary with film scholar Daniel Bird. How about Bruce? A video, a new video introduction by Anton Klimov, son of director Larissa Shapitko and filmmaker Ellen Elam Klimov. Nice. Mm -hmm. How about a new interview with actor Lyudmila Polyakova, I guess one of the actors in the film. And also here's for you a 1967 short film by Larissa Shapitko called The Homeland of Electricity. We're going to talk about Larissa, the 1980 short film that both Bruce and Eric watched. There are two documentaries from 2012 on Larissa Shapitko. <laughs> There's so many. There's a new English subtitle translation, an essay by poet Fanny Howe, and lastly, a program from 1999 featuring an interview with Shapitko. So, Bruce, when you make your millions, $31 sounds good for you? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, The Ascent, and, and beautiful cover, by the way, for The Ascent. This looks amazing, Bruce. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. This is, for me, look, the movie won the Golden Bear at the 1977 Berlin Film Festival. So, to your point, Bruce, around that time, very well known. She's obviously a, a, spot, a spotlight on her on the Criterion Collection. So, she gets from among the diehard cinephiles like us. Her name's out there. But like you said, you wanted to spotlight her because she's really not – she should be more well-known than she is right now, right? Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, she's made one of the best war movies of all time. I mean, she's she should be up in that conversation. And I don't ever see her discussed in that conversation. At least – I mean, she might be certain certain control – like corners – but the average person, have you ever heard of her? I mean, I mentioned her. You're like, I don't know who she is, <laughs> right? I mean, you don't. You don't hear about her. I also said I don't know who you are. So I'm very – I'm very, not yeah, – that's, that's very, fair. very good. That's, that's, fair. that's fair. That's fair. Look, look. I mean, The Ascent. I mean, I don't even know. Do we give this movie ratings? For me, this is a five-star film. Eric, what do you, what do you uh, – what is it? What's your rating on The Ascent? What do you think? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to pressure you into five stars. What? What did you say? I mean, what? That's, One star that's, banger. What? 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 The ascent. What? Yeah. Um. I. I. Yeah. I would say five stars. This is. Uh, mm. 
I, I think that um, Paths of Glory kind of hits on some of the themes that this one does a lot harder and a lot better. Um, but this movie also kind of uh, does a few more nuanced things that Paths of Glory does not. So I think if you watch uh, The Ascent and Paths of Glory, like if, if you could somehow mash those into one movie, that that would be like the perfect war movie, I think. Yeah. And you can see why I got compared good, them, even though they're not the same there's something about them, the way that they work that kind of hits the same part of your brain or something. So Bruce, the ascent, a three-star banger for you. you, uh, Yeah, totally. (laughs) So goofy. (laughs) Yeah. This is a five-star classic for me. Um, It right. I'd say this is right along with Klimov's work. And it's interesting to see the two. I see them together and think like a married couple each separately made these two movies. And one is just as, forcing into the visceral experience of just being, being like shell shocked by war. And this other one is almost equally as impactful, but more on a, almost like a philosophical emotional level. And the fact that two people that close could do this just kind of mind blows my mind just to even think about it. Well, what would probably blow your mind, your mind even more is if you eventually, I think Bruce, you're going to watch probably Oliver work. And if you find some other gems, I mean, I mean like wings, you said is at least worth a watch, right? It's at least it's a solid enough movie. It's a very good movie. It's a very good movie. I just think it's not quite as impactful as this movie, but I would say there's stuff, especially in the final third, that is pretty breathtaking as well, especially since it's one of her first works and you're seeing a person just kind of come out of nowhere and make this movie and have such a strong voice. Yeah. Wow, it is pretty sad that this set was her quote-unquote last film, right? Mm-hmm. And then, I, I guess, uh, several years later, Klimov, his last film is Come and See, and the previous film before that is the the uh, movie that he made based on Shapitko's screenplay. So it'd be interesting to see if she was still alive, what kind of collaborations they would have, how maybe cinema would have written Who knows what would have happened? There's a lot of what ifs. That said, Bruce, you think even with all that, with all that tragedy, there's just, it's just an achievement when you look, when you're looking back at the body of work of Larissa. I, I would say so. I mean, there's a lot of mo- filmmakers that never make a movie as good as that. So the fact that she was able to even make one movie as good as that, as good as that in the seventies in Russia is a pretty, uh, pretty amazing feat. I, real, yeah. real quick. I want to throw to Bruce. Um, cause, uh, you also had us watch the short, um, Larissa, which mm-hmm. was her husband's basically, um, tribute to his wife. And, um, that, that was really cool to watch. Mostly it was just, uh, just random shots of her movies and of her. And then her, uh, I'm assuming is from an interview, but I was looking for, uh, I, before I saw that, I was looking for uh, Farewell, and I saw a thing of Farewell. It was a bunch of uh, people coming off a boat with gas cans, and then they watched it. Have you seen that, or do you know what that is? Uh, I don't. Uh, I have not seen the movie Farewell. I'm interested in it because I think well, like the, you said it, it was just it was just three minutes. They get out there, they come up um, on a boat, they come off on the dock, they have a bunch of gas cans, and then. The next shot is just them walking t- to a house. I I didn't know what that was, but I, I, I don't I, know what that I'm is so, either. Nope. Okay, well, if you're listening to this and you know what that is, Joseph Bridges, that's probably you. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe let us know. <laughs> so that is the work of Larissa Shapiko. No, Bruce, I'm sorry. The uh, the short which I didn't get to, Larissa, 
it's is it worth watching? Like Eric was saying, if you've if you're a fan of the Ascent, is it or is it you have yeah. to watch the Ascent to really appreciate the short, or can, is that a standalone watch anyway? I think it's. I would watch it after you watch one of her movies, or after you watch the Ascent, just because it has a couple shots and scenes in there that that you probably would want to see in the original movie itself. I think it's more of an interesting kind of a, a curious piece because it's the idea of here's a grieving husband making a tribute to his wife in film. And I don't think of a time that's ever really happened either. Like, (laughs) can you think of any (laughs) filmmakers who made a tribute after the death in film for their filmmaking spouse? I I, I can't think of that ever occurring. And you can tell there's a passion even in that short. Like, he puts a passion in the way that he edits it together and puts the music and everything. It's just pretty raw. You know, it's just like raw emotion. Yeah, oh. and the and the stuff that she's saying about filmmaking, about how, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, uh, in her as a female filmmaker, a woman filmmaker, like every every frame of every movie I've done is me speaking as a woman, and yep. like she's she's really passionate about her art coming through, not just making pretty flashbangs that look pretty on when you project them, but like she's she really wants to say something. Yeah, whether or not that comes through is up to anyone watching it. But I, I don't think you can say that uh, she didn't care about what she was doing. Well, and I'd say in that point, and we can end up here pretty quick, but that's where she, Wings kind of really shines because it's 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 like the anti-Bechtel test movie. Like it's almost all women talking about stuff that doesn't necessarily refer to a man and a woman's journey and a woman's life and a woman who's trying to find her way in the middle of her life. And it's in a way that's not stereotypical, and it's very, very interesting. Also, I, I want to point out that this uh, the uh, the ascent came out in 1977. This looks like a Maya Darren movie. Not the not yeah. the weirdness of a Maya Darren movie because Maya Darren goes out there, but it, the 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 grain of the film, the way it looks. This does not look like a movie that came out in 1977. This looks like a 40s or earlier type movie. That's why I said like Dreyer. Looks like Dreyer almost. Yeah. I wonder if she was influenced by Dreyer as well. But uh, final thoughts on Larissa Shapitko, Bruce, before we uh, as we end this director spotlight. If nothing else, I say ch- search out The Ascent because it's just a fantastic movie. Even if you aren't drawn to go search up all of the stuff she's done, um, it's pretty much a semi-lost masterpiece, I think, for a lot of people. And uh, it's something you would love to have in your brain and your eyeballs if you love film. Yes, The Ascent. We love that movie so much. And I can't wait to see some more of her work. And I don't... Bruce, I'm, I'm putting this out there. Who knows? Maybe I might get, I might actually trump you and start watching her films, all of her films before you get to them. And I'm just going to show all my intelligence. There's only here. about four. So I think you can do it pretty quickly if I'm you gonna want. Do, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to make sure that you're the first person to watch Alienoid 2 just because of that. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, yeah. So the next one for us will be uh, Samuel Fuller's Spotlight for the movie The Big Red One. But until then, yes, Criterion Collection, go check out The Ascent. There's a lot of, Larissa Shapitko stuff on the Criterion channel. You can check that out or you can go physical media. And obviously, how did you guys watch The Ascent? Uh, just purchasing it, right? Uh, digital? YouTube? Is that how you guys? I saw it on YouTube. You saw yeah, it on YouTube? There's a yeah. bunch. Uh, there's uh, lots and lots of Russian films are on YouTube because I think the copyright rights are really weird in, in Russia. So I think- oh, and that's the last thing we didn't mention. A lot of this stuff is, takes place right in the area that's in conflict right now. 
Yeah. Belarusia, Ukraine. This is like still the center of the world when it comes to conflict. And it's interesting to see something from that long ago. And it's the same stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You watch a movie like this and it's like, oh, people were so barbaric back then. It's like, that's just so long. It's 2022. And that's it's going on so tonight. <laughs> yeah. In Ukraine tonight. It's that I do that nervous laughter, but it's, it's actually kind of pathetic. The humans are, they've not evolved past that, but I mean, we're basically hairless apes. So that's thanks what, for, that's what thanks for the pick me up, Eric. We will see you guys next week here on find your film again. Watch the ascent.